On today's episode of the Nifty Nick Show, we're taking an NFT DGEN style once again with Nick Newper or the sophisticated art speculator. We went in depth on the current state of the NFT market, caught up on his current strategy, our wins and losses, the NFT gaming space, and more. The show is all about learning from those with skin in the game and the world of NFTs. And as usual, today's guest is no exception. So let's get started. If you're looking for some crypto, you just found the right spot. We wrap it up one of a kind, NFT straight to the top. Now don't go trading based on comments we provide in this show. It's not investment advice, but our picks do tend to blow up. Like a rocket, they say. Many people have compared it to people's every day. So if you're trying to figure out what's going on in this space, please do not worry. Your boy Nifty Nick is hot on the case. Yeah. All right, I'm here with the sophisticated art speculator, a.k.a. Nick Newper. Thanks for coming on for the third time. My pleasure. These are always a blast. Can't wait to get into it with you. This is going to be so good. So I'm trying to figure out, you know, where the best place is to start. There is... um you last time that you came on you were saying hey i think we're at the tail end of this cycle yeah Uh, completely wrong (laughs) 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 but uh we could maybe make that statement again as of today there's a lot of down and if you're looking at stuff i've seen a lot of collectibles that are below 0.1 eth and to be hovering down there, th- that's penny stock territory. So what, what, what's yeah. your take today on where we're at? O- OpenSea, sometimes you, I log in and it looks like the flea market on the activity feed. You know, it's like 19 things in a row that are like 0.03 ETH. You know what I mean? And it's like pixel derivative projects and just, you know, another cartoon animal, you know, launch. But yeah, I mean, since we last spoke... Um, it, it felt like the market was, you know, toppy, but then what actually happened was, is we had the kind of the crypto DeFi crowd come aving in, in like a really big way to the NFT scene. And that completely like regenerated the amount of money coming in and, and like the overall like liquidity of the market. And I've always believed in like, like trickle down like trickle down economics in NFTs, meaning that like when someone, let's say someone sells a board ape for 25 Ethereum, right? Like what, what are their options? One, they could just completely cash out of the NFT game, right? Take their huge profit and just leave. Um, but come on, if you held an ape to 25 Ethereum, you're an absolute degenerate. You're not just walking away. So you're going to go buy, right? But if you can't buy a punk and you can't buy an ape, you kind of trickle down to the next thing, right? So maybe you buy a gutter cat or you buy a pudgy penguin or something in the one to Ethereum, one to you know five Ethereum range and speculate there. And then people that make sales there, then they can move farther down the funnel, you know what I mean, and and start buying the cheaper stuff. And we've seen that whole cycle come all the way down to the bottom now, right? And now there's just all of this sloshing around at the bottom. And also, like the macro crypto environment has changed too, um, where now altcoins are taking off left and right. Right? I mean, one of the most ex- impressive things of all time that I never would have guessed is since we last spoke, not only has NFTs exploded further, but the price of Ethereum has nearly doubled. So even if NFTs didn't move up at all, NFT USD value essentially doubled. But then on top of that, we had an explosion in NFTs, which is bonkers. 
It, it is pretty crazy. I've debated for a moment there. The first time that Ethereum began rallying, it looked like that NFTs were going to adjust USD uh, basis yeah. for a lot of them. Uh, obviously, it seems like the blue chip NFTs do not re- price adjust to USD, yes. but the other NFTs mo- most definitely do uh, because those, especially if they're at the at the the cheaper ones, the people buying at exactly. the cheaper price, if either they're speculating or they're it's their entry into the PFP space, and to go spend. I remember when I bought my board ape for four hundred dollars, I thought. Holy shit! This is a lot of money. Yeah, and and now I'm like, let me just throw half an ETH at that uh, at that donkey. Like, yeah, what, whatever. Four hundred dollars. You know, that's a little bit above point one ETH. You know, you throw that around like you're at a strip club. You know, <laughs> it, it's it's definitely not. Um, well, it's it's unfortunate. I think it, it may actually be indicative also of the market cycle, the way that I'm treating my Ethereum. Exactly. Once you treat it like it's just a dollar bill, you know, you're throwing around singles. You're you know, you're throwing in a point one ETH in the tip jar at Starbucks. Then, then you know that there's too much money sloshing around in the market theoretically. Um, I mean, it's it's really hard to say like where the market's going to go. I've I've been saying over the past like two weeks that. I feel like the top of the market sets the rest of the market. So like if we see a, a move up in apes or if we see a move up in punks, that's like a strong signal to me. Um, obviously, when I was on the uh, you know uh, uh, last podcast, I told you I had de-risked substantially. I would be up a lot more if I hadn't, but also I made plays during that. So I guapped really hard on the punks. I flipped three punks for like 20 Ethereum profit each. In a week, in a week, made 20 Ethereum times three in a week. And for me, I was like, okay, like now it's getting silly. Like that should not be possible. Like that, that amount of money should not be easily attainable. And then when you start hearing people say things like, I'm making three times what I'm making my day job trading NFTs. That reminds me of like, you know, one guy at the top of the internet bubble saying that he knew that it was the top when his he dropped his car off to get it repaired and the mechanic was giving him stock trading tips and like, you know, stocks to go into. It's, it's those kind of things that I think at the end of the day, it just makes you maybe a little bit cautious. I still think that there's a lot of money in the NFT space. I don't think we're going to have necessarily like a severe correction like we did in April and May. I think it more looks like we maybe have a little bit of flush out in the profile pick area and then see like a sector rotation into like utilities and games and stuff like that. And it already has been happening to an extent. I mean, look at Axie Infinity. Um, look at the Treeverse drop. That was huge. CyberKongs just dropped. That has like a big sandbox utility game play. Those are all doing really well. So I think that we're already starting to see a little bit of that shift of like, hey, I got, you know, 55 animal cartoon profile picks like maybe I don't maybe I don't need 55 of these you know but the tough thing is is like you know I'm in this like private discord and people are like I'm thinking about selling and like someone else is like you know that like everyone in this discord were super concentrated on this project so we're all just gonna dump at the same time and this thing's just gonna absolutely collapse from under us if we do it you know so it's the the crowding of the market can be a little bit of a challenge, you know? Um, and, and you saw what happened with pudgy penguins. I mean, 
what a story, 100x, 200x, whatever, 300x for some people. Um, and then the New York Times, whenever there's a publication like the New York Times, it's a great top signal, at least for a specific project. So, you know, the New York Times comes out with the Pudgy Penguins, now we're down a little bit. I mean, the project still could do great, but you're definitely seeing, you know, some things that make you think it's getting a little bit toppy, just like when everyone's, you know, concentrating in on this one project and letting it, you know, explode to the moon. And, and another thing I explained to someone else, I was like, the issue with NFTs is that they're so hard to flip versus if altcoins are doing really well. So if I have 50 grand, I could have put it in Axie Infinity yesterday and it would be up 20%. I would have made 10 grand and that's a two, that's two button click. Click buy, click sell, right? You try to do the same in an NFT project at like a 0.1 Ethereum cost and you know, you're like a you're you're like a retail salesman. You know, you're trying to get all the the sales out the door. You're listing them at all these different prices and stuff like that. It takes a lot more time. So one of not my concerns, but one of my like thing and I'm seeing more people in NFT spaces starting to ask about altcoins and be like, "Oh, what are the good ones to buy and stuff like that." So, it's weird because the last cycle Ethereum exploding hurt NFTs. This cycle it didn't. This cycle if anything it accelerated NFT gains. Um, but now the question is, is like, you know, do like do altcoins, you know, pull a little of the attention away um, where because some of these whales that go in and they sweep the floor like 300, you know, units of a profile pick project. I, I often wonder how, how what is their game plan to like sell these, you know, like just listing that. Do you have a personal assistant or <laughs> I, I think, it, you know, they're what they're following in the footsteps is a pranksy sort of yeah. uh, person. I don't understand. I've seen some major collectors like 3AC and some of these other uh, funds enter the space and go really build a sizable portfolio very quickly worth many millions of dollars. And when I see them add some of the trending PFP uh, profile photos to their portfolio, I'm like, Man, this this seems that part feels counterintuitive. On the flip side, I think what they're banking on is the pranksy type outcome. If they can go from two to fifteen ETH or like whatever it is, I don't know what the the floor is on. For, yeah, uh, for them, they're fine for the five ETH to go to zero or to fifty. You know, that's yeah. what they're looking. They're like, okay, max loss five ETH, max upside ten X to fifty ETH. You know. They if the if the profile pick doesn't work out project they probably don't even sell it they probably just let it sit there in their wallet you know it's they're not even gonna think about selling it until they have a five x under their hands. What what's really interesting to watch and this is where I've been uh, diving into it is with the tool that I built I've been looking at the sales volume on an hourly basis to see the level of activity of some of these projects and the floor is really not what you're looking for. You're really looking for sales volume because you, as to your point, you can point and click and just enter and exit a trade uh, on Uniswap or a centralized exchange. And I, I like Axie. Uh, that, that, that's a solid one. And I still think it actually has surprising levels of, of upside yeah. uh, at the current price, which is which seems bonkers, yeah. But uh, with their revenue, uh, th th there's a ton of upside. But the main the main point being, if I'm sitting in these PFPs and looking at like two hundred dollars an hour selling, and there's like a bunch listed in the market, 
man, that floor is subject to drastic movements, basically. Yeah, and there's so many small flippers in the space, too, that, like, you know, I, I can't name the amount of times that I've seen someone buy something for, like, 0.15 Ethereum, and two hours later, they're selling it for 0.135, a 10% loss, because, like, they were looking for that immediate gain, you know, that quick flip. And you see people flipping for 10%, 20% profits. And I'm not knocking on that, but a project can only like succeed if there's more holders than sellers. Because like the, as you said, when it comes down to the sales volume, like the, sa- the sales volume can probably only churn through a couple percentage points of the overall supply per day consistently, right? 10,000 art, you know, PFP project. If it's selling 100 a day or 200 a day, that's 1% or 2% of the volume. If you're a whale and you own 5% of the supply, like you have to be strategic with dumping. And I think that's like one of the things that like if you look at what Pranksy did with Board API Club, it was actually like fascinating. You know what I mean? He kind of set these set these like pricing walls almost at like different levels, you know, a half an Ethereum, one Ethereum, two Ethereum, four Ethereum, you know, and allowed the project to like move through it. You know, if Pranksy had taken a different approach and just like dumped the floor every now and then, I mean, I think the project still would have worked out. But right, it's interesting to think about theoretically like that, how you sell things and, and how whales almost game theory, how they work together or don't work together can make, you know, an instrumental impact in the in the, um, you know, success of the project. But yeah, we're just at a really interesting phase now where you're seeing a lot of supply increase coming in like, geez, over this weekend, there was like. I had someone posting in a chat like the drops of the day and there's like seven and I'm getting flashbacks to like Nifty Gateway when there would be like an artist drop at 10 a.m., 12 p.m., 2 p.m., 4 p.m. and 6 p.m. You know what I mean? And you've never heard of any of these artists before, but hey, I like the art on this one. Let me buy in. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm seeing that 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 same stuff, you know, happening as well. Um, but one thing that is exciting me about the market is seeing the at least some new things coming out I, i've obviously been really bullish on gaming and utility so like the vox collectibles by gala games that came out the cyber kong um project that came out they're both kind of like mebit ish uh metaverse plays um of course i mentioned treeverse there's crypto raiders there's crypto beasts there's a lot of stuff that is that is popping up that um I think it's good for the overall health of the NFT economy. And I've seen a lot of people get coming into NFTs because of the games where they're like, yo, I've never bought an NFT before, but I want to buy a Treeverse plot because it reminds me of RuneScape. You know what I mean? And I think that those kind of people are way more healthy for the market than just flippers because people that are coming in to use their NFTs, you know, those are going to be the people that hold their nfts and it people holding nfts is what makes a project successful like imagine if you lived in a small town and just overnight 80 percent of people listed their homes for sale right it would, it would be it would be a disaster it'd be an absolute disaster like no no market out there can handle a huge amount of supply coming on the market all at the same time and that's what happens when we have all of this flipper concentration in a project well, it's also like uh, if you v- viewed it as seed investing, if you gave liquidity to seed investors the way that NFTs have liquidity, that, that market would be pure chaos, essentially, because people are constantly buying in 
on the potential of some founders of what they're going to build yeah. 6, 12, 24 months from now. Yeah. And that's that's why it is interesting. Well, y- you've been doing a lot of flipping, so I want to actually get get into this. Like you're you're sort of positioned as a flipper right now, yeah. as a speculator, and I'm wondering what do you think that that strategy it worked clearly with these punks but overall do you think that that strategy is actually the best long-term play like are you going to flip back into a board ape into a punk because i don't know what you think the price of punks the floor on that's going to be i'm bet i would bet a million is like where we're at some point headed is somewhere in that down that path but maybe my numbers are completely crazy I don't. Um, I don't think you're crazy because I. Uh, I actually watched Ready Player One a, a few days ago just for inspiration, and it was really cool because that like one scene he like pulls something out of a box and he's like, "This is an artifact from like way back in the day or whatever," and we have one. You know what I mean? And when you think about the wealth that's coming to the space, like there's always you know I, I think that punks and bored apes like those kind of really powerful projects on a long term horizon probably just continue to trend up. Um, but about like me personally, I've told some people that I suck at a hundred X's. I suck at them. I've never had one in my life. I'm a, I'm a two to three X kind of guy. And that's the beauty of the market is, you know, it's just like the stock market. There's all sorts of different investment strategies. You know, there's guys that are swing traders. There's guys that are option traders. There's guys that are long-term investors. You know what I mean? And like, like learning what you're good at, I think is, is one of the most important things. So like if you're good, so for example, like a uh, board ape kennel club, I flipped those three times now for like in each time I walked away with like three or four ETH profit. You know what I mean? And I'm at, you know, so I'm at like 12 ETH profit, just flipping board ape kennel club over like three day spans. I'll like, look just like you, like I'll look at the sales volume. I'll look at the price. Um, you know, I see Board Ape, you know, the last time I flipped it, Board Ape Yacht Club made its big run up from like, you know, 7 ETH to 14 ETH floor. And I'm like, okay, Kennel Club is at one, 1.2 ETH. And I went in, I bought five, flipped them and sold them for two ETH. Now, if they go way up, like I flipped a lot of my um, Board Ape Yacht Clubs for 200, 300% profit. I'd be up a quarter million if I held them all. You know what I mean? And that stings a little bit. You know, when you're when you're sitting on the toilet in the morning, you're kind of just recapping you know, <laughs> recapping your misses, you know, one that was brutal for me, super brutal. I, I bought deaf beefs like four months ago oh my and gosh. I just, I remember looking at them. I'm like, this is something a whale collector would just love. You know what I mean? It's like on chain audio visual. Like it just makes sense. I bought two of them, 2.5 ETH each. And then just my ADD self, two weeks later, I'm trading them for a 3D glasses Mebit. And one just sold yesterday. Guess the number? 86 Ethereum. So half a million dollars right there. If I had held those two for four months, a half a million dollars. But I, I, so I've actually thought I need to create a vault where I just throw one of something I really like. Someone needs to create a paper hand vault where if I throw something in it, I can't pull it out for three months. I would pay for that service. I would pay for that service. Don't let me paper hand these, please. I throw it into a NASA safe. I can't get rid of them for you know, however many months or whatever. But yeah, I'm a, a, you are right though, that the fact is that where we are in the market, everybody's trying to flip. 
So then flipping becomes a crowded opportunity and it can be harder to make work. Right now, the strategy, in my opinion, there's two flipping strategies. There's mint and quick flip. And so you're basically getting paid as almost like a liquidity provider to mint these things, right? Like over the weekend, these these Shibu dogs were like 0 0.025. I bought into that run up. Unfortunately, I'm I'm holding the bag on one of them. I'm holding I the bag one. on sad Pepe frogs. the The worst thing you can ever do is FOMO buy secondary the day of a mint. That is like a that is like a like a ten percent win rate, ninety percent lose rate strategy, and I do it all the time. It's it's so damaging. I know that that's the case as well. And I've I I said this. I, I said it to my fiance. I said if I'm FOMOing, I'm not. I'm no longer pulling the trigger. It, it's just not worth it. It's not because we. Yeah. Because you're 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 playing into that little liquidity ramp up, then everyone lists, and then the floor like absolutely collapses. So like right now, it's like mint and flip really quick, or or you got to hold long term, like you said. But the other flipping strategy is playing the secondary on a project that's at least a week old or two weeks old. And once again, that comes down to what you're saying. You're looking at the sales trading volume. You're like, oh, wow, like volume's picking up. You know, the floor looks good. Then you can make these like secondary quick flip plays. But where everyone's getting trapped in the flippers game right now is they're, they're, they're trying to do the FOMO flipping on secondary on projects that we know are not going to last. Like I bought, I bought 10 Pixel Doges for... 0.1 ETH and I've already made like four times my money. It's so stupid. You know what I mean? And I'm like, pixel doses are going to all due respect. If you made them, like I'm not, I'm not trashing, but they're just not going to make it. You know what I mean? Like six months from now, pixel doses aren't going to be a thing, you know? And, and people are the best part about NFTs is, you know, eventually a year from now, we're all going to look back like my NFT portfolio. Cause I sell the winners. And like, if they're uh, just a huge loser. I don't even bother selling them. So my NFT collection on OpenSea just looks so terrible. It looks like the worst collection of things all time. It's pickles, bananas, you know, uh, uh, whelps. You know what I mean? Just things that are just like negative ninety percent for me that you know I haven't. But no, actually, I made I made some money on pickles over this weekend. I woke up one day and thirty of my pickles sold, and I'm like, you know, for four X, and I'm like, what on earth happened? I do some research and it's because Gary V tweeted that he likes actual pickles and people took that as a signal to buy pickle NFTs. Dude, Gary V just tweeted about the horse. Uh, I'm blanking on the horse one uh, that I actually, I bought into and I flipped, I did a mint flip and that worked out. I made like 50% on that, on that flip, but, uh, and that glue factory or something like yep. that. Anyways, I, I'm now tracking. So Logan Paul tweeted World of Women yesterday, okay. and that doubled the that doubled the price of World of Women as well. So there's two things happening. One is what you're talking about, I think, which is like a lot of people looking for that like quick flip, but it's very difficult to call. There's so many of them now. It, it you're, I don't think that you actually can reasonably. You can predict the hype. I think there's a couple. There's one coming up this week on one. Uh, that has a ton of hype, it's going to immediately sell out and we'll see the price of that one spike. But otherwise, it's difficult to, to determine which ones are going to see. Yeah, and I'm success. not good at this stage of the game because like, I end up picking things that I like for all the wrong reasons, you know what I mean? And they're not the ones that moon and the ones that I thought were like memes end up, you know, mooning. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of things that you're just seeing that are just so interesting. Like for me, for example, like the fact that we're having these insanely aggressive uh, gas wars, where like something's like 0 0.03 to mint, but then you end up minting them for, you know, 0 0.1 or 0 0.2 because of gas wars. And I'm like, we're literally just like throwing money out a window. Like the gas is either getting burnt as ETH or it's going to miners. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just, it's bizarre. It's bizarre to think about, you know what I mean? That people are paying triple in gas for an item just because then they think they can flip it for like another two X. I mean, I view that as an access fee. I don't think that that actually is gas prices are expensive right now. So I, it, Ethereum eventually I do believe will have the gas resolve the gas price issue, but it's going to take another year yeah. or, and so with sharding uh, or whatever. Yeah. But I also simultaneously think that it's fine that that exists in the ecosystem to a certain degree in the sense that it's sort of like a market maker or something like that True. in an illiquid market. And it's, and it's purely it's purely market forces at work. It's not manip – you know what I mean? It's like, If people are willing to pay for something more than you are, you can't really hate that. So I'm with you. I like what you said about knowing your, your game. I, as we sit here discussing it, I'm like – Oh, I'm the, I'm the hundred Xer, like exactly. So if you know that you're the hundred Xer, if you're going for the two to three X's, you're not playing your game. I mess up every time I do the two to three X. Uh, w once in a while, I'm able to like scalp a little bit, yeah. and it's fun to do. But my scalp hit rate is like fifty percent, and I don't know that I'm at fifty one percent. And so because of that, it's like. It's it's a dangerous path to go down. I'm definitely the hundred Xer as the um... yeah. And so then that's the fun thing about this game is that if you're a hundred Xer, then like you figure out how to optimize that strategy. So you're like, okay, I'm not looking for the junk projects that are a quick flip. I'm looking for the really like good transformational things that I think will be around three months from now. Honestly, being a hundred Xer is a little bit more peaceful. You know what I mean? Because you kind of buy and then you just. So I, I mean, I I came across an old buddy's wallet. And the dude had minted like 30 apes, but it's just a busy person. And it looks like he didn't even check his wallet for like three months and just comes back and sells two for 15 Ethereum casually. You know what I mean? And made more money than I did, you know, staring at these screens and flipping these apes, you know. And so, yeah, you, you got to know what where where your value is in the ecosystem. Are you a builder? Are you a flipper? Are you a hundred Xer? You know? And then leaning into that, that's where you're going to find, you know, your success. Uh, yeah, I'm builder meets uh, 100xer is my uh, hybrid area, but I don't have enough capital to deploy for the 100x. And I don't want to, I'm not, because I'm not selling out of most of my 100xs at this point. I'm just holding on to them unless someone comes in and I, I've started listing ones for just obscene prices just in case. And then I'll say, you know what? I made. 50 grand USD yeah. on this thing. I'll go pay some taxes on it and cool. Like I'm now playing with house money at this point. I still have put in, uh, I, I think I've put in all in like 20 grand into Ethereum. Um, maybe, maybe 30, but so you're up like 10 X then overall in your portfolio. Yeah. The portfolio is up 10 X and the individual pro some individual projects, of the ones where I did my 100x play yeah. are up 100x. They're, they're were outsized percentages of your gains. Uh, yeah, exactly. And the other ones, I'm just like, dude, it, it's 
it's not worth it. It is difficult though when you build a system to track all the stats. And then you to... and then you're trying not to stare at these stats, you know. Exactly. And you're like, okay, this one's taken off. This one looks like a good one, but it isn't. I ran into that with uh I don't know if you know, I think it's Penelope's uh what it what is that one called? Uh per, per it's Pernelope's Country Club. What Are you familiar with this what one? What is that? So okay, so it's cats. But the person that created it was like an OG CryptoPunk person. Okay. It was like really active in the space. And when um, when Pranksy talks about people on podcasts and stuff, always uh, mentioning I'm pl- I'm blanking on the name right now. It starts with a, a C. I'll find it. But I but I love that alpha kind of play. That's similar to betting on Treeverse because of Loopify. Like Loopify is a big OG, super well connected. You know, so I love when you have those opportunities to bet on a bet on a team or bet on a persona i know beanie's getting a little bit of uh hate right now in the nft space but like you know he was really big behind the comics the punk comics and that's uh 10x right now or something like that if not more more than that that's that's uh well yeah it's 10x if you minted your punk comic but there was also new value exchange opportunities which sort of were a multiplier on whatever you ended up getting with uh uh the dow token and then there's another one mint pass it's so complicated that i'm not able to figure any of this stuff out and i'm guessing most of the investors in that space i I mean i feel like calling them investors just flagged the sec (laughs) but um (laughs) but i but legitimately i think that um, that's the one thing that I think is really challenging as well with some of these projects is some of these are going to get clamped down on at some point where they're going to be like, these were being sold as investment opportunities. And the way that Punk's comic is being viewed, legitimately everything about it is like this like investment opportunity for you to get in. And they're showing release after release after release after release. And it feels it, it it feels a little bit untenable to a to a certain degree. Um, yeah, and I mean the what what we, the the biggest stain on the NFT space will be the inevitable horror stories of like my son took my credit card and racked up eighty grand in credit card debt to buy these stupid <laughs> avatar things that he can't sell now, and that was his college tuition, like. When that's on CNN for the 7 p.m. special. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we have a ways to go before that. So, OK, so I'm curious for from your perspective, like what? Well, you just mentioned most of the trades that I think have worked really well for you. One is flipping Board Ape, Ape Kennel Club. The other one was three crypto punks. But it, from the looks of it, you don't even own a single punk anymore. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I sold them all. I, I'm eyeing the market, though. I'll I'll get back in. If and when the opportunity presents itself, I think I think that it's the punk's floor is holding up incredibly healthy. You know, sometimes I do like think back and wish I didn't sell at least one of them. But at the same time, I think that if you make 60 Ethereum in profit in a week, you, you take that. Right. It, it, I, I think it's a mixture of both. I think uh, I've heard from a lot of people. Uh, Nate Alex, who I actually had on the podcast before, I was listening to another podcast that he had done, and he was talking about all the regret that he had about his, he had his sort of lifetime punk that he wanted to hold on for life, and he sold it. 
and the price has continued to creep up and he's continued to increase his offer to buy back in, yeah. but the person's not willing to sell it. And I think uh, with Pranksy as well, like it, it was shocking to me that he didn't hold on to one ape, yeah. to one position, yeah. like to, to hold on to the most iconic or one even 10. He had, had 1200. Hold on 10 for the moon. He would have made another 100, and, 100 Ethereum if he just held 10. Yeah, I mean, for me, I definitely had some regret. And honestly, it was very interesting. I, I get considerably less. Uh, I still get great engagement on Twitter, but I've noticed a significant drop by no longer having a punk. So I think there's a real argument um, that it is a marketing business expense, that it is going to open you up to um, a lot of brand growth, um, but then also behind the scenes growth as well. You have you have a punk. You're going to get meetings that other people won't get just because you have a punk. You know what I mean? Just because you're in that community. I think apes are actually slowly evolving into that as well as flippers flip out and people buy in that can afford that floor, essentially. Some of them are viewing it in a similar way. It's a different group, but I, I'm actually getting an accountant who is an ape. That's uh, so cool. And I, so I was chatting with him and I'm like, dude, I chatted with another person. He gave me great advice but you own an ape and I, and it's not because you own an ape. You could have owned a me, but frankly, yeah. uh, I don't care that it actually was just an ape, but I'm like, you have skin in the game. Like, and so you're going to go and do that research to figure out how you can handle your accounting effectively. This makes way more sense. Why would I go with just a random accountant? Like I'm going to go with someone who's that understands the space. Yeah. It's a, it's a trust thing. And then like one more thought on the punks um, for me is, is that, I also look at my money as a um, a, a time a time on return uh, a vehicle, meaning that um, if I can take that sixty Ethereum profit that I made out of the punks, and then I can go take that sixty Ethereum and make thirty more Ethereum with it quicker than punks could have made that extra thirty Ethereum, and then I can get back into a punk when it's consolidating, then then I've made a good move. Now, you can't do that with like a rare punk that you're attached to because you could never get it again. And that's what I used to always tell people. I was like, that's the beauty of NFTs, especially unique collectibles, is that there's an attachment to these things. And that's not really factored into the price in the sense of that there's a lot of people out there that just could never sell their punk. You know what I mean? Um, but what I'm looking for is to take that profit, um, make find opportunities to get a quick return on that profit. Um, right now, I have some considerable altcoin investments that are doing well. And then I think when punks are kind of quiet and consolidating, there's a lot of people out there that are punk whales that have 100 plus punks and they like to trickle out like one or two a month. You know what I mean? And so I'll kind of wait for it to get quiet and then I'll go in and I'll start placing some offers on good punks and, and get back in at the same price or maybe even a little bit cheaper. Maybe I can get a punk that I really like at 45 Ethereum three weeks from now. But who knows? That's speculation. I, I like it well, and hence you're the art speculator. But I think um, I I like that approach outside of I would never exit. I'll always have at least one ape right now. Which I think is smart. And, I, and I'm not exiting out of that position. I also don't want to pay the short-term taxes. I want to wait for the long-term taxes on it. And I believe with the apes that they'll sustain. Uh, in terms of punks it's difficult to flip blue chip because that's essentially what i'm thinking with the punks is that it moves it they are blue chip they are the blue chip 
of uh, of the NFT space. Apes are getting are entering that that territory. There's a couple of others that you could debate. Mebits potentially may, but they're very volatile still. Uh, and I think, um, frankly, Mebit trading may be a may be a, a smart move if I was thinking more shorter term. But I'm trying to accumulate as many of those blue chips as possible. That's more of my approach to it. But what you said about flipping um, uh, altcoins, uh, I'm also I spoke with other people, and most of them have all said it's shifting to DeFi season. Exactly, and I think the shifting to DeFi season that's the that, that's the whole thing is that the 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 moves in any space not just nfts but the moves in any crypto space they're incredibly fast so it is easier to just hold long term because trying to time like axie infinity went up 20 percent overnight right like timing that is way harder than just being in axie affinity but i'm with you on that macro trend where i think that a lot of people made a lot of money from profile picks NFTs, whatever, if DeFi explodes, you're going to see some of that interest and money drawn over to there. Because as I've just, as I said, it's just easier trades. If you have a hundred grand, right, like you could buy 50 NFTs or you could just make one click buy, one click sell on a, on a DeFi project and potentially make the same amount of money. So for me, I agree with you on the blue chips. I'm going to wait for the attention to go away. And for people that are sitting on their punk and it hasn't made, hasn't moved at all for a month or two, I can go in and hit them with an offer where they still make money. They can get out of it and then I can be, you know, well positioned for the next potential move up. Because my whole thought process is, is that we're going into winter and, you know, winter games explode, computer usage explodes. Um, and if potentially we're going to have lockdown-esque restrictions, it could be kind of the perfect catalyst for another NFT run. Um, but I do think I just I do think we need some sort of at least consolidation, if not a pullback or a cool off. It just can't run as hot as it's ran for this long. There's so much money that people are sitting on in perceived value. In in the PFP space especially, especially, there's no there's no way that it's sustainable. For how many people are willing to spend uh, thousands of dollars on a profile photo? It's just not a lot. There's no and utility point, out of it either. That's the it, problem. Is that you could you could say that someone may be willing to spend a thousand bucks on a Cyberkongs character if then they take that character and they go into sandbox and they're playing as that avatar every single day inside the game. Now they're getting that real utility out of their their buy, and I think that then that changes the mentality of it, um, because you know, as you said, you know, how much would someone pay for a profile pick? And then also, what is the average NFT investor? Not someone that's new, but someone like you or me. How many theoretical profile picks are they sitting on in their wallet when you only can use one? So if you have 50 profile picks in your wallet and you can use one then you need 49 you know new people that want profile picks to eventually come in and buy those other ones from you unless you like i i I just truly believe that once again i've seen firsthand with punks i think you've seen firsthand with apes that the real blue chip projects there there is utility value in networking in branding 
in your, your growth. Those have real value outside of just being a picture. But a lot of these other things don't have that extra value. Um, and I think those are the ones that probably, you know, have, have some more, you know, pullbacks over the next coming months than, than the blue chips. Like, I don't think we see punks ever go to a 20 Ethereum floor again, unless Ethereum goes to like 10K, right? And then like the USD gains in punks is still massive, even with the floor, you know, dipping. Um, same with apes. I don't think apes ever go back down to like five Ethereum. Maybe you pull back to 10, but there's just too many people that are getting utility out of these that there's not going to be dumps, right? But like, um, I don't know. We're in a really interesting space. I, you know, I thought that last month would, would, would kind of be the, the top and we'd see a pullback and it looked like it for a little bit until all of the DeFi money flowed in. Um, and then things went absolutely bonkers, but where is, where is the next wave going to come from? I, I don't know that we, I don't know that there is one because the, the DeFi crypto investor DeFi's uh, hot now. Coin, <laughs> coin, yeah, exactly. But that you could see a shift between those two spaces shift from DeFi to NFT back to DeFi, but essentially uh, the, the, NFTs expanded the total pool of I think crypto investors. I agree because it's it's more fun. It you get attached to them as you mentioned, but there's still a limited number. I, there's only so many times. I mean, I, I have plenty of people. I can tell them all day about my apes and stuff like that. They still think it's stupid. Yeah, and there's no way and. They're partially right. Like I, I, I tell my own fiance, what am I doing with these? I have, I have a zoo. Like this doesn't make any well, sense. Well, you wonder why, like I sold my punks at, I did the math and at one point in time, like, cause I had bought three and then they doubled in price and like 40% of my net worth was in punks. And I was just like, I'm not going to be able to sleep if, <laughs> if that's the case. Like what if. What if Congress just comes out one day and is like, you know, NFTs are are taxed at eighty percent or something? You don't know the exactly. systemic black swan risks, but or when they, if they could come or where they could come from. But you know, that's that's why I de-risked and you know took some of that some of that profit away. But yeah, I, I do think that some really interesting opportunities to look out for is where you can start to see DeFi and NFTs start to combine. In a sense, you know, so it's coming. I'm doing an interview this week with Sushi Swap. Uh, look out for this one. But basically, they're preparing uh, exactly that. They're, they're, I think what's going to happen is NFTs, uh, a, a large portion of NFTs are going to become, they're going to be completely tokenized. traded on and tokenized essentially. They are tokens that they're going to be traded uh, similar to if you look at NFTX and stuff like yeah. that. This already, this already exists. But essentially, it's going to be traded in a very similar way on SushiSwap and on Uniswap and places like that. And the entire market of NFTs is going to absolutely balloon even more. We feel like it has already. It's going to even more. And that's where suddenly your zoo looks really bad because suddenly you're going to have your favorite artist, your favorite brand, your favorite whatever. You're going to have that NFT and people are going to be like, yeah, but like I was on, uh, you know, I was trading NFTs on OpenSea back in 2021. Like that's some OG shit. And they're going to be like, what? Okay, grandpa. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like back, on, back no in my cares. day, we had to click and sell each one. <laughs> no, no one cares that I was on bulletin board systems back in the day. Exactly. Outside of like true geeks. Yes. Right. Like, exactly. So. Yeah. You, you make you, you make that story at a at a get together, and people are gonna not invite you back next time. Um, but uh, speaking of sushi swap, like one example, and you know, uh, note I am affiliated with the project, but like Crypto Raiders has has launched its its tokens um and they have they have like a raider token which is like their equivalent of like axs axes token and then they have aurum which is like their in-game currency which is like slp um but now there's a mechanism for people that don't even want to play the game they can buy raider and stake it and like earn the in-game transactions as money and so that's where i think it gets really like interesting and cool is where you can have these ecosystems where there's players playing play to earn style, but then you have people that don't even want to play the game, but they can speculate almost on the economics in the game. Right. Um, and then you get really close to like what the real world looks like where you have like a construction company that buys lumber to build things. And then you have, people on wall street that speculate on lumber and they're not building things, but they're still like pseudo in the market. Um, and I, I think that's where it can get like, you know, truly fascinating. And there was a guy that bought $1.2 million worth of Raider and staked it all for a year. But as a result, he is 20% of the Raider staking pool. So he will receive, um, half of all in-game transactions goes to the Raider pool. He'll receive 20% of that. So if the game explodes, he's he's essentially owns part of the game. That That's uh, really fascinating. I think I had Gabby Dizon. Uh, I'm going to publish that soon. He has uh, Yield Guild Games. He owns, a cent, or they manage less than 1% of the total uh, Axie uh, activity, essentially. Yeah. But... That's a sizable percentage. Yeah. Uh, you were mentioning AXS going up. YGG has not skyrocketed the same level. It has to a certain degree. It, it is valued very highly, but I view that as like the current um, play to earn index fund. Yeah, is essentially what I view YGG. It's as. almost like, and this isn't in a bad way, but like uh, in in Ready Player One, you know the the big corporation that like owns all the players. You know what I mean? And they play the game to earn money. It, yes. it, it, it's kind of it, it's kind of like that but yeah i think it's i think we're getting on the cusp of some really cool like opportunities and 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 you know d developmental things like you know crypto raiders is still super early on way earlier than axie infinity ha has quite a high you know market cap right now and like you really has to deliver to make you know to justify these these prices um but that's where I see more and more of like we're going to see these little mini worlds pop up where people can participate in all sorts of different ways. I mean, it's really like, you know, all, this has already been done outside of NFTs. Like look at Roblox, right? They have an entire ecosystem of people that just build games in there. They have a whole in-game currency thing. It's already been developed. But I think that the stuff that gets developed on the NFT space is going to get a lot of you know speculation because of like the true ownership there's this fascinating art uh, a tweet that someone wrote the other week and the guy essentially said 
your take rate is my opportunity. And that's, and that's what Web3 is. And he referenced Jeff Bezos's quote where he said, your margin is my opportunity. Essentially, Jeff Bezos is saying, like, I'm coming after high margin industries and I'm going to do it at a lower margin but way higher value. And what this guy said is that the current video game industry, it's something stupid, like $25 billion a year or something like that, right? And people are buying all of these in-game transactions, but you can't ever sell them in the real world. So essentially, the take rate, the tax of the game developer is 100%, right? And he did an analysis on Axie Infinity, and Axie's Infinity's take rate is 4.6%. So essentially, like 95% of the value of the ecosystem is held by the community, not by Axie Infinity. Now, they've done over a billion dollars in sales, so 5% is still $50 million. That's massive. But when you think about the fact that that means that $950 million is essentially like in the community value, that's a really powerful thing. And it's the future of games. Like that That's just flat out. I, I don't see – I see this as where we're at with Axie and the play-to-earn space is literally where mobile app gaming was it, when iPhone 2 Seriously. came out basically. And, Farm, and so, Farmville stuff, Clash of Clans, you know. Yep, but even even predating that, okay. like that that I'm just saying, like we're that early oh, yeah. in that space, totally. That all of these games are going to materialize. But first, they went from uh, paid games. Every game is sixty dollars. There was a YouTube I was watching the other day. Then there was free to play. Uh, now we have free to play, which is essentially where you're going to see it. it that's going to sustain, but it becomes. Um, again, like you're saying, the take rate on all of the uh, transactions is 100% to the to the um, game developer. And then now we have play to earn where there's entire economies, real world economies being sustained by those games, which does bring me, you mentioned Ready Player One. I also think it's Hunger Games style. Like if, if you look in the movie where they had the sort of wealthy elite that were cheersing while the people were playing outside. That's essentially us being like, okay, you guys go and play that game out there. That one's a very violent game specifically. But uh, for some of these people, the game that they're playing for is survival. And that's, that's what, you know, yep. it, now for many of them, they're, they're actually saving money. A lot of the Axie Infinity players are now able to put money away, build investments, become managers themselves, build their own portfolio. It's crazy. But uh, so it's actually, yeah, it, it, it's it's a good thing. They're not saying they're not remaining on the ground floor. Yeah, uh, but and uh, yeah, another thing. Like, did you ever remember the game Second Life? Yeah, way back in the day. I'm bringing on a friend who literally just documents Second Life to be like, dude, you're still documenting Second Life today, but where does this like this is where we're going? Seriously, and they were doing that back in the early 2000s. And I remember reading articles when I was a kid, like this person is a multimillionaire based on Second Life real estate, you know, and then there was people that would come in and they would be like clothing designers. And there was like this whole ecosystem and people were making a ton of money. And it even even in the great financial collapse of 2008, 2009, people were like quitting their jobs and then going and making like 100K a year in Second Life. And it's so funny because I, I went to like check to almost do some like NFT research and like you can go in there and you can buy like a mansion in a plot of land for like 20 USD. And we're, when we're over here trading, you know, Pepe frog memes for six hundred dollars 
And it's just, it's like there's this whole world that's already there that you could go in and play for like 20 bucks. But that's the difference is that it's, it's NFT. People want to be in the NFT space. They don't want to be in the game space that happens to have a little bit of an economy. But it's, it is ironic to think about that, you know, we're speculating all of these games that like aren't that developed. And then there's like Second Life, which is like a 20 year old game with just like, everything has been fleshed out in this ecosystem and you can go in at a fraction of the cost, but also there's not really that much money to be made. And that's why it's so cheap. Yeah. Cause no one's playing the game. Eventually people turn out and they get tired of playing that same game. Like the person who's playing Axie, are they going to be playing that two years from now? Someone will, because they're still just become like, um, you know, they, they've optimized their system, yeah. but, and they're training other people and they're churning out their players but I, I, I think it's going to become eventually these two things um, become uh, balanced. So I, I, there's one other thing on that front in terms of uh, those things becoming balanced. The way that you're describing Raider Token, it does feel very much like Web 1.0. Yeah. Where we were buying stocks on the promise of tomorrow. Exactly. And, or, and so or we, like we the ICOs there. of 2018, you yeah. know, and like. Some of those bets were huge. If you bet on Decentraland ICO in in 2018, you're a multimillionaire if you put in even 10K. But there's probably 99 projects for that one that if you put in 10K, it, it went to zero. You know what I mean? So I think we are very much in that space where if you're betting now on these things, you have to be looking at a long term you know, horizon and, and know that there's going to be dips and valleys. That's where I think that is where in in Maddie DCL blogger really got me into NFTs. Just a huge resource, such a smart thinker. Um, but he's always said that, like you know, in bear markets or in pullbacks, that's the best signal of where you should invest because you're going to see which communities just die off because they were all flippers, and you're going to see which communities just stick around and even maybe grow their user base, and then those are the plays that you want to be on. And everything is going to have peaks. I mean, it's crazy to think about that. Like Sandbox and Axie Infinity, their tokens went down 80%. But now they're up even bigger, right? And because some people have been coming into the Crypto Raider Discord and they're like, oh, I'm going to buy this and I'm going to be rich and this and that. And I'm like, pump your brakes a little bit. Like if the game works out, yes, you could be phenomenally rich, but you have to be looking at a long-term horizon. Because there's going to be peaks and valleys in this thing. If Axie Infinity can negative 80%, so can any other gaming token out there. And you have to be able to stomach that and and go for you know the long-term play. Which is why you know right now is a good time to look at your NFT portfolio and say, am I holding on to these for the long term? Yeah. Because if not, it may be good just to get what you can for it. Uh, it yeah. Seriously, you know, because there's just so many, there's just so much of a saturation of projects coming out there. I used to say something on Nifty Gateway um, that I still think holds true today, which is that new art dilutes old art, but also over time, the base of good art is growing exponentially. That every piece of new art, it's harder for them to succeed. So meaning that two things are happening. Every new project that comes out, if one of those is cooler than an old project that you have, it's diluting the value of that old project. But also, as more and more projects come out, the base of great projects grows, and it makes incrementally harder for each new project 
to be successful. So you have this interesting dichotomy where it's like, can my project hold the test of time of what's going to come out the next year that could take people's attention away? But then also when you're looking at new projects, you got to think like this has to stand up against an increasingly growing body of work. Yes. And that's where I think, well, yeah, we're going to see, we're going to end up seeing what, which ones pan out. I don't, it feels uh, like we may have had a blown off this weekend. I think time will tell. We should do another call in a couple of weeks and see uh, where we're at. Um, we need to do it more often. So it, cause like we could, so much changes in like three or three weeks, right? Like exactly. Which is why I'm like, man, we need to discuss more, more uh, incremental ones. Cause there's, there's a story every day basically. Um, and yeah, it's, it's exciting to be in this. Like, space. I don't know if you've looked at like the art side of this space. I'm not really good at that, but like, you know, the wealth that was made with art blocks is, is bonkers to consider. And that's completely different than profile picks. You know what I mean? And that's succeeding in an incredible way. It's almost, and you know, you did, you've been in the tech space for a very long time and you've seen a lot of industries, you know, kind of grow and I, w- I would like to hear your take on it, but I feel almost like as an industry continues to grow, you almost have to specialize a little bit of like what you're good at. Like, can you really be good at art, profile picks, NFT games and utility all at the same time? Like, I don't think that's possible. No. And I that's where I was, I was discussing the other day. I think the play to earn space requires its own coverage. And even within that, you can have an Axie publication and document the day-to-days of this because the strategies are, are adjust all the time because the economics are changing. Yeah. The price of AXS just went up. What am I looking for when the result of that, when that adjusts, when SLP changes? Like, but, So those are just currency adjustments. You also have the supply of axes and the current price floor and things like that. I, it's almost a full-time so, job just to keep up on that one project, much less all of play to earn, much less all of NFTs. Exactly. So I completely agree that specializing is key. Uh, PFPs right now still have, there's still activity. And I still think there will be only in the sense that there's great people, there's great creators. And there's uh, great creators who will demonstrate their ability via each one of these are different mediums play to earn is its own medium you need to be a good game developer you need to have a team and the expertise to go and build games pfp may may value something which is more creative yep. but what each one of those different areas the the art side art blocks i don't know that art blocks can continue to have this because like, there's a lot of supply uh, coming out right uh it's not too much but there is a decent amount of supply and so you can't one that went yesterday it was priced perfectly and I saw that and I'm like, I'm like, it had two, it had my mom's family name and my initials as the two artists that were no like involved. And I'm like, I want to buy this, but this is priced properly. So I didn't buy. Priced properly meaning there's no arbitrage, like quick profit in it. Yeah. yeah the, art blocks is eliminating that. Cause they're doing like the Dutch auctions now. Right. Yeah. And so they're doing a very good job at that. I think we're really headed towards a lot less we're seeing the arbitrage squeezed out very quickly. Um, and so if you want to compete on the arbitrage space, you need to just be an arbitrager. <laughs> like that, that needs to be your role. Like you're saying, Seriously, like the, the Damien Hearst's that was, that was, I didn't really sell really incredible move I, in price. 
I, I, I should have sold. I was telling my fiance, I'm like, she's like, we'll hold to 20. I'm like, we're just making up numbers. Like, I was about to say, we need to get her in the NFT space. She sounds like a hundred Xer to me. She's a diamond hand for, I, I told her, I was like, you're my diamond hand here. Cause I, this looks ridiculous. Yeah. I love uh, my, my fiance. Um, she's so supportive. I'll always come and, and talk about my like big L's. She's like, don't worry. It wasn't meant to be like the universe. If it's meant to be, we'll, we'll get the other one. Just like move on. I'm like, gosh, thank you. Cause I'd be staring at the ceiling till 4 a.m. tonight counting the the theoretical deaf beef profits I could be sitting on. Dude, deaf beef, I'm trying to interview him. Uh, I keep pinging him. But yeah, th- that floor is now 100 ETH, and it, it's pretty insane. But at that point, dude, those are whale games. I can't I, – I'm, I'm a long way before I can participate in any whale games, and I don't know if I ever will make it to that point. Like Justin Aversano, Twin Flames, that's now a whale game. Um, so, yep. Uh, you can get into fractional stuff, but I don't know. Uh, we should we should save that for uh, an episode. We, we should narrow the subject matter and do one just on that topic yeah. so we can uh, make these digestible because it's been too long. I know. I know. Seriously, I'd be down to do one like every other week or, or something like that. And just like, you know, some, sometimes we could have a specific topic. Sometimes we could, you know, just bounce Let's around. do it. Uh, let, you heard it here if you made it this far into this episode a like thank you for for sticking with us uh you send me a dm i'm gonna hook you up with an nft whenever i end up launching mine yeah but, or i could send him a boring yeah. banana i got like a hundred hundred of those. There, there we go dm for a boring banana uh for first 10 people yeah <laughs> yeah so. yeah limit first come first serve <laughs> exactly retail style so um anyways well, I appreciate I always appreciate you coming on, but I, I think yeah, we need to make this like an actual series. We'll name it uh uh I, I don't know what we call it, but uh we, we definitely need more speculator degenerative uh degen. Uh it's it's not degenerative, but uh is that what it stands for? Degen degenerate. Yeah. It kinda sounds like it does. Hey, um uh yeah, I uh, I went degenerate today on these audio glyphs. I bought two Ethereum of them, so We'll see how those work out. My my win rate on on art projects is zero percent, so I'm looking forward to bumping up that win rate a little bit. Hopefully, this is the one. I I did not even see that one. Damn. Okay. Well, I own um in the audio space the one that I have and has had on the show and published is Bit Le- Bit uh, Lecture Labs, and they have yeah. Um, so they have Dream Loops, but like they've been sitting at a low floor for a while. But they're a great project, and everyone. People have messaged me. They're like, dude, thanks for like pointing that one out. They like really love those. So Yeah, and Wanderers. I don't know if you saw Wanderers came out and it was like yep. the same kind of thing, like an audio loop with like a visualization. And that's like struggling a little bit right now. And what I've told people is like, I really enjoy those projects, but like the struggle is where they fit positionally into the ecosystem because they're not a profile pick. So you don't get like that marketing opportunity of like everyone's rocking your profile pick. And that's like, you know, driving that brand awareness. And it's also not like an art blocks-esque art. You know what I mean? It, it's sitting in this this kind of weird, not weird, no man's land, but you know what I'm saying, where it's like, it's it's a collectible in the sense of like, there's variability, but it's like audio visual at the same time. I think that they're kind of underappreciated. 
they are underappreciated, but it's going to be those teams have to do so much more work, basically. So much more. That's the crazy thing when you think about this space. Like, because like I, I work closely with the Crypto Raiders team. Like, these guys didn't kill it. They literally made like 450 grand and they put 200K of that into the liquidity pools to like seed the tokens. Like, and then, and they're doing so much work every week to build this game out. And then you see this like meme NFT project come out with just the laziest art ever. And they make a million dollars or $2 million. And you kind of just sit there and you're like, there's people that are working so hard building great things and making less money than people just launching these little meme things. But that's the market. I'm not hating on anybody. It's just ironic. You know what I mean? And you'd think that in the long term, the value probably shifts towards the projects that are developing. They definitely will. I, I, I don't think that there's any way the if you're holding on to a McDonald's punk or a McDonald's uh, squiggle, I, I forget what they call them. Fast but, food uh, punks basic, or whatever. Fast food punks. The floor on those were like three. Was three. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, that doesn't make And if you're still holding on at this point and you you and they're three ETH, like, I, I don't I don't feel sorry for you. When, that, <laughs> like, when I was talking to one buddy, he had, you know, a bunch of penguins and he made great money on them. And it was funny because like he sold some at like two Ethereum and then it like ripped up to 3.5. And he's like, I'm such an idiot, man. Like I should have held and all this is it's going to eight Ethereum. I'm like, bro, man, like I'm telling you, when, uh, the ride up, you feel stupid. But the ride down, you'll be happy for every single one you sold. You know what I mean? And that's it. That's where it's a little bit easier for me because like my number one rule in NFT bull season is to never fall in love. That's just my personal rule. And, you know, like the one time I didn't was the Pickles Project, you know, and I was sitting on like $120,000 in gains and didn't sell a single one because I fell in love and made it like a part of my brand, you know. And But also that's why I'm not a 100 Xer because you have to fall in love to be a 100 Xer. Yes, and uh, you're or at least you need to be good at spotting value essentially, and where the opportunity lies. I I look at the um, have you did you follow the crypto art one, crypto art? Yeah, yeah. So like, I own one of those, and to me, I'm like, I'm just not selling that. Like, I I do believe it's un, it's still undervalued in my mind, even if you buy one from this year. Everyone's like d- still debating it, but when all of the chaos. And so, like when this market becomes saturated, I think there's a few that you can look at and say, I think that one's going to withstand the test of time. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. And uh, it's tough, too, because I'm a little bit of a manic depressive. You know what I mean? So like and that like affects my NFT cycles. You know what I mean? So like if I'm buying in like my manic phase, you know what I mean? I'm like, we're going to the moon, baby, 100x. And then like I hit my depressive cycle and I'm like what the fuck am I doing, man? Like, like sell, 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 sell. I do, I do that all the time as well. Yeah, I end up randomly just selling emotionally. You don't want it. The key thing is, is if you're a trader, you can't you can't behave emotionally. You need it. You need an entry and an exit point, and that's that's it. That's why someone please uh, create a diamond hand vault uh, service that I send an NFT in, and I and I can set the amount of months before I can withdraw it. I would love to invest because I think that so many people like me need that. If I could have just thrown a death beef in on a on a six month lock, you know what I mean? I, I'd be a much richer man than I am today. Dude, I love that approach. Uh, 
I don't know. The only problem is, is you can't run. Oh, I guess what you would have to do is you'd have to pay the gas to, gas to deposit and to withdraw. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. So it would be like a Nasus safe almost, but like you're the only multi sig, but like you're able to like lock the asset and not be able to withdraw it for for like a certain period of time. The only downside is if you need to claim, like that's not your wallet. So like if you need access to a board ape. Uh, like Discord to show that you own it. Very or true. Like you want that to go to that wallet. If it's not in that wallet, and you can't like collab land, like verify it. Exactly. And then what happens if you get airdrops to that specific like contract while you had staked that? So like board apes are about to get something that they can claim. So you need to. Pick yeah, that's a, right, that's an interesting right thing. Yeah, because dude, that actually happened to me with the wicked cranium airdrop. They airdrop like the skeleton horses, and I just like was busy for like three or four days, and like wasn't aware of it, and I just like completely missed the airdrop. I lost like a couple thousand dollars, and I was just like, that sucks. Dude, there goes another service right there. Is someone is actually as part of this will go make those claims. Claim for my airdrop exactly. Nice little service where. Yeah, it's custodial. I give you my NFTs. You, you know, you, you handle the airdrops. You lock them away so my paper handing can't get to it. I, I'd be all about that. Dude, I love that. We will manage your NFTs for you for a period of time and ensure. It's it's like the opposite of like the gamblers anonymous. You know, when you're like gambling, they're like, "Do you need help?" Instead, it's like paper handers anonymous. Like, do you need help holding on to your great NFTs? Call one eight hundred. You know, Diamond Hand Vault, and and we'll take care of you. <laughs> I think you're onto something significant here. Except when we go into a bear market and you have this horde of people, give me my NFT, let me in. I'd be like, you're diamond handing it. Sorry. <laughs> you're diamond handing it just in the opposite direction to zero. But hey, at least you're a diamond hander. That is what diamond handing is, though. I mean, all the diamond handers on Bitcoin and Ethereum that went through the multi year bear markets. And that's the thing that I think is crazy right now. We just went through one month. Like we went through a month of like the art. And people were like just devastated, you know. But the art cycle is back. I actually, it may have topped it. Like it, it's not getting the same rise that it got that it got last time. So I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I, I think we may have exhausted. You, you didn't call the top last, or you, you called the top last time. I think you were just pres, uh, prescient, prescient. However you say it. Yeah, I was a little early. With, you were a little early. But I think we may, I think we may be there right now. I'm, I'm looking for, I'm thinking that my portfolio is going to go from 220 down to like 80 or something. Yeah, because like you remember our first, our first interview. I, I felt like the man. I'm up like 135 grand on Nifty Gateway, and then I go into World War One of NFT bear market, and I'm just getting demolished, dude. I just started, I, I, I just started losing like 5k a day. In, in val- for, I walked away with like 50 grand. So in three weeks, I went from 125K to like 50 grand profit. And I, I have PTSD from that. That's why I am who I am and, you know, like scared. Cause, you know, I remember I was like, Mad Dog Jones, like cats going to 50K floor. You know what I mean? Two weeks later, I'm like, you know, fire sailing these things. Just get me out of here. I mean, it- Seeking liquidity in that moment turned tend, uh, ended up working out. Anyways, we've gone so wildly over. We're going to do this. This is what we get for waiting uh, a month. I'll see you in two weeks. Yeah, exactly. We're going to do it in two weeks. 
and it'll I'll be interested to see if we we've gone through a bloodbath or we're we're still riding the NFT bull. If we're still riding the NFT bull wave, I mean I'm gonna ride it. I'm gonna ride it for my two or three Xers. I'll get in for another flip, but I would be a little surprised. It does feel. I I feel like I missed the top, and I'm I'm a, I'm a little regretting it right now. But it may be worthwhile taking a little bit off the table just to like you know play with house money at this point. Yeah, but you're a hundred Xer, bro. Hundred Xer. I'm a VC man. I'm a VC investor here, so that's what we're doing. You're waiting for the IPO, and then you're getting out. I'm riding it to IPO exactly. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks again. And uh, yeah, let's do it in um, in two weeks. Thanks for having me, Nick. That's it for this episode of the Nifty Nick podcast. And if you made it this far, make sure to subscribe at thenifty.com. Thanks again.